Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, while you're um, finding your way back, let me just testify for a moment. I'm thankful for God's protection, amen? Uh, okay, I got no help. I said, I'm thankful for God's protection. I know the Crownovers are thankful, right? Their daughter was in an accident, and she walked away from a rollover accident. And then yesterday, Miss Betty Stice uh, got hit from behind and um, was in a lot of pain, but it looks like she's okay. And so we're just thankful that God watches over us, even when we're not aware of it, amen? The Bible declares that he put angels around us, Amen. Anybody thankful for angels this morning that watch over us? I'm thankful this morning, so um, we're glad you're here. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in Texas. Because <clears throat> they have snow in Texas. It don't look nothing like Christmas here when it's 60 degrees outside. But it is looking like Christmas. I'll take the 60, though. I'll take the 60, though. Uh, Chris, Christmas um, captures our heart uh, and all of our emotions. Even the grouchiest seem to to become manageable during Christmas. Have you noticed? Uh, and uh, you can put up with people you can't normally put up with during Christmas. But it doesn't just capture our heart uh, and our mind. It captures our imagination. Uh, let me see if I can prove it to you. Uh, it, even those of us that know the true meaning of Christmas, we get carried away with our imagination during Christmas. I mean, we, we even believe that there's this green monster looking thing that comes to steal Christmas by the name of Grinch and and uh, and uh, we, we we even we even uh, come to believe that uh, a grown man in in tights and a funky outfit and a hat could be like an elf an actual elf and and we even begin to believe that uh, a guy would continue to try to kick a football when his friend pulls it away every time and that she would remain his friend after she does that every time we our imagination gets the best of us and so we imagine what Christmas was really like and so uh, if you're like my family I go into my mom and dad's house and they have multiple nativity sets of all kinds there's ceramic and wood and uh, I don't know. If you look hard enough, probably one made out of marshmallows. I don't know. There's all kinds. And they, everywhere you look, there's a nativity set. And they all kind of encapsulate what we've imagined Christmas to be like. Shepherds on one side looking at the baby Jesus. On the other side, wise men in awe of this new king. But we know that's probably not exactly, is exact, exactly accurate, right? Because the Bible tells us that most likely, I know I'm messing you up and you're going to need counseling during Christmas, but... Most likely, uh, the wise men arrived late. Okay, here we go. I knew it. <clears throat> Some of y'all already upset with me. Matthew chapter 2, uh, beginning verse 9 through 11. Uh, the Message Bible says this. Instructed by the king, they set off, that being the wise men. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place, and here it is, even though we would say it's all messed up our nativity scene, they had arrived at the right time. They got there just at the right time. They entered, here it is, it messes it all up. 
the house, not not the manger scene, not the not the barn. Not, okay, they come to the house and they saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, and overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, these wise men enter this house and they find the gift. And out of a response to the gift, they present gifts. And they kneel and they worship. And so we've begun this examination of the gifts they bring. And we started by saying that the first wise man, first one up, opens his bag. And lo and behold, he dumps out gold. And we all uh, talk, we talked about what gold represents. Gold is what you present to a king. Uh, it was a, an incredible gift. And, and, and he presents that and says prophetically, this little baby is king. And then we come to the second wise man, and the second wise man kneels before the infant Jesus, or the baby Jesus, or the child Jesus, or the eight-year-old Jesus. I don't know how old he was. He was just, uh, it was later. And he kneels, and he, he opens up his gift, and he presents frankincense. Okay, now I understand gold. All right, if you want to bring me Christmas gifts, I'll take the gold, right? I mean, what, what's the deal with this wise man? We don't understand frankincense. I mean, maybe, the, maybe he just like in a hurry, they were like, come on, let's go find the king. And, and so he opens up the medicine cabinet, and the only thing he can find is like frankincense. I don't know. Maybe he'd gone to a dirty Santa Christmas party the week before, and he drew the last card, and, or the first card, and somebody traded and took away the gold and gave him frankincense. And so now he's coming to Jesus, and he's re-gifting, and this is the best he could pull off, right? Uh, no, it's just that we don't understand frankincense we don't understand the importance and the implications of this incredible gift frankincense uh, let me see if I can help you frankincense this is more than you wanted to know uh, is an aromatic resin that comes from the Boswala tree which can still even to this day grows in Yemen Somalia and Ethiopia and they would take the sap of that tree and they would dry it out and then they would burn it as incense. Okay, so you missed it right there. Huh? Um, so, the, so the first wise man makes this prophetic declaration about Jesus and he offers him gold. And in so doing, he's saying, you're the king. Now the second wise man comes onto the scene and he opens up his bag and he gives to Jesus frankincense. The first wise man prophetically says, you're king. The second wise man brings frankincense and in so doing prophetically declares that Jesus is more than just a king and not only king, he is also priest. See, you need to understand, you've got to, you've got to go connect the dots. You can read all through the Old Testament and time and time again, over and over again, the, the priests would go into the temple and they would burn frankincense. 
It was part of the rituals of worship of that day that had to be carried out by the priest. In fact, if you really want to get specific, you can go look this up too, that frankincense was one of the main ingredients of the anointing oil that the priest would use to anoint things. It was the role of the priest. This, this wise man is making a prophetic declaration, and in so doing, he is contrasting Jesus against all the other governmental structure that the Jews had ever known because what you've got to understand is is that there was a major divide there was a major separation there's a major differentiation between the kings and the priests in fact you can go into the Old Testament and discover that if a king tried to act like a priest it got him into trouble because you remember that Israel's first king King Saul tried to play priest and he makes a sacrifice and ultimately because the king stepped over the line and tried to act like a priest it cost the king his throne but now the wise man comes along and says that Jesus the king is has this ability and what separates him from all the other kings that the Jews have ever come into contact with or ever been in relationship with or ever watched on 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 the throne was this that this king has the ability to not only rule as king but he also has this ability to act as high priest it made Jesus different. It made Jesus unique. It made Jesus special. And so I'm thankful that Jesus is king. And I'm thankful that Jesus rules. And I'm thankful that Jesus reigns. And I'm thankful that Jesus has authority. But I just came and stopped by here this morning to tell you that I'm also thankful that not only is he on the throne, I'm also thankful that he's on the job. He's on the job as priest. He is the high priest for us. So Paul comes along and he gets all excited about this in Hebrews and he begins to declare this in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 he says this, Now that we know that we have Jesus, the great high priest, with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what is so ready he is so ready to give take the mercy accept the help in other words Jesus's kingship is important but it's his role as priest that we sometimes cannot seem to comprehend and that sometimes we take for granted. So I just need to tell you this morning, why is it so important? I'm just going to try to answer some questions. Why is it so important that Jesus be more than just king? Why is it so important? Why is it so critical for us that Jesus is also priest. I'm going to try to tell you three reasons why, or three simple reasons. The first is this, as the high priest he represents. See, I knew y'all weren't excited about that because we don't understand this part. He represents. In the, in the Jewish uh, methods of worship and the structure of the, the hierarchy of the, the worship systems that God himself put into place through Moses, the priest had two responsibilities. The first was that the priest represented God to the people. He showed them what God was like. When God would speak, he would speak through the priests. Okay, y'all are struggling with me. All right, okay. He showed, he showed the people that this is God. This is what God is like. 
you don't get to approach God all the way into the Holy of Holies. I'm going to go for you, and then I will come back out and represent to you what God said. But there was a second role as well. Not only did the, the priest represent God to the people, they represented the people to God. So when there was a, a need for a sacrifice, when there was need for repentance, when there was need for special offerings, the priest approached God. So they become the representative of the people that could go beyond the veil to get to God. Okay, so this is what we know. Jesus arrived on the scene with the same two tasks as his divine mandate. I need to remind you this morning that he was fully God, but he was also fully man. That, that, that blows my mind. How can you be fully God and fully man? I don't know. I can't figure it out. All I know is I'm glad that he was. Because since he was fully God and he was fully man, he was equal parts of both. That now, because of that, he can equally represent both sides. Okay, 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 okay. So in other words, this is what Jesus does as our high priest. Check this out. He mediates. Oh, some of us are going to have to go get the dictionary out today. He is the go-between. I'm trying to help you here. He's the gap stander. He is the bridge builder. He, 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 is, he, is, a, he is the one that, that, this is literally what mediate means. It means you take two parties that are in conflict with one another, and you build a bridge so that now they come together and they, they, they can talk it out. And they can come back into relationship. So, so it, it could be said by Jesus then, because he represents God, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? So he's representing God to us. But it goes beyond that because he's also fully man. So not only does he say as fully God, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. But then he can also say, listen, I've been through what you've been through. Okay. All right. All right. He could feel, this is the, this is the version I learned it in. He could feel our infirmities. So he can represent me some of y'all not excited this morning about this fact first timothy chapter 2 verse 5 for there's one god and one mediator between god and mankind then listen what he says the man that doesn't say it just i mean the the infant i didn't even think about that the, the, I, the, there was no emphasis like that <laughs> okay but but maybe it's right the man he is the man that's important for us to remember. There's one mediator between God and man, the man. He's fully God, fully the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. I'm thankful this morning that when it comes time for me to get a glimpse of God, that I have a high priest that shows me what God is really like. Because I got news for you. If Jesus had not shown us what God is really like, God would have been misrepresented. Hasn't he always been? Some preacher somewhere would have stood up and made him seem like he was an angry God. Some, somebody would stand up and say he was a vindictive God. Somebody would stand up and say he's a God that doesn't care about you. Somebody else would misrepresent him. But Jesus shows up and he says, I'm going to show you. I want to make sure there's no misrepresentation of who the Father really is. 
If it wasn't for Jesus, he would be misrepresented. If it, was, if it wasn't for, for, for Jesus, he would be misunderstood. Because Jesus was able to tell us what God really thinks and does and how he is. He would be misplaced. Because if you don't understand God and you don't, and, and, and you misunderstand God, and he, he would be misplaced in your life as well because you, don't, you would find another God. Jesus makes it possible for us to understand. And, and Jesus continues to reveal the goodness and, oh, y'all help me, the faithfulness and the mercy and the love and the trustworthiness and the, 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 the loyalty and the compassion. Y'all ain't helping me none. And the care, and y'all just listening to me. And the peace of God, and and the joy of God, and the strength of God, and the the healing of God, and the the covering of God, and the provision of God. Jesus makes us understand all that because without Jesus, we don't have a representation of what God is really like. But I'm also thankful that not only was He here to represent God to us. He re represented us to God because, can I tell you, if it wasn't for Jesus, you would be misrepresented. Because the enemy of our soul is standing there making accusations about us. And what does that mean? It means he's lying. If his lips are moving, he's lying. Right now, the devil is on task. He is lying about you. He is telling falsehoods about you. He's making accusations that are not entirely correct about you to the Father. And if it wasn't for Jesus stepping in going, wait a minute, he's misrepresenting them because I know their hearts and I know their thoughts and their mind and I, and I just got to stop you short, devil, because you've been lying just a little bit too much about my friend down there. And so I want to represent him correctly. So I step in between the accuser and God and I say, if you're going to look at them, you got to look through me. So I'm thankful that Jesus is the high priest that can represent me or the devil would misrepresent me. And wouldn't God misunderstand us? Because how can God that can comprehend everything, how, how can God that is up there somewhere, how, how can we get, a, how, do, how do we know what he thinks and feels and how would he know what we think and feel? But Jesus, he represents us. And we, we hide behind him as our protector. He is our high priest. Not only does he represent, he feels us. I'm thankful this morning that we have a high priest that according to Hebrews feels us. It says it like this. We don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. Anybody have any realities this morning? I'm thankful this morning that there's a high priest that is not out of touch with our reality. Then he goes on and he says, he's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all but sin. He's experienced it all. Another version says like this, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And it may not excite you this morning, but it excites me to know that I have a high priest that understands how I feel. I'm thankful this morning that I have a high priest that was born as a man, fully God, fully man, so that he was God in the flesh so that he could understand my reality, what I feel, what I'm going through, what I'm enduring, what I'm experiencing, what I'm, what I'm surviving, what I'm 
fighting my way through. I'm thankful this morning that I have a high priest that understands how I feel. Because, listen, uh, how, 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 as weak as we are, could we ever understand or relate to a God that is all-powerful, that there is no limits placed on, that has all authority? How could he ever relate to us and how in all of our weakness and all of our troubles and all of our anxieties, how could we ever relate to a God that has all that kind of power? How? How? I'm asking a question. How? Jesus. That's how. Jesus is, is the one that allows. He enters the scene as a baby. And he is a king. But he enters the scene as a high priest. So Jesus understands our weakness. Okay, I'm going to try to help you. Jesus knows what it feels like to be betrayed. Okay, I'm... I'm I know y'all got this picture of Jesus with like this halo over his head, but let's get real. Jesus know what it, knows what it feels like to get angry. Jesus knows what it feels like to wrestle with emotions. Oh my, okay. Jesus knows what it feels like to be ridiculed. Jesus knows what it feels like to be doubted. Jesus knows what it feels like to be interrupted. Okay, he knows what it feels like to, to deal with conflict. He knows what it feels like to be lied about. He knows what it feels like to be stabbed in the back, literally. He said, well, yeah, but he was God, but yeah, he knows what it feels like. I don't know what your relationship with God is like. Let me just be very honest and transparent before you this morning. There are times in my walk with God that I want to yell. Where are you? Where, what's the deal? Don't you know? Don't you understand? Don't, don't you comprehend that I'm going through some difficult moments right now and like people are like bothering me? And I don't like the circumstances I'm facing, and, I, and, I, and I, can't, I can't see you, I can't touch you, I don't know that you're there, and you seem like you're miles and miles and miles and miles away. What in the world is wrong with you? And heaven screams back, Jesus! Because that's the answer. Jesus, as high priest, had this ability to span the gap of the distance between us. There is a great divide between us and God because he's God. But Jesus shows up as high priest and he feels us. So when I'm going through difficult times, I don't have to question whether God understands and I don't have to question whether he has any answers and I don't have to question whether he really cares because his answer to me was Jesus. 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 He is our high priest priest and he is anointed with understanding and and he proved this the entire time he was on the face of this planet empathy he's anointed with empathy he feels what we feel I got some rough news for you this morning it's not bad news it's just rough news it's good news mixed with some rough news the good news is I love you guys that's the good news the rough news is I don't always understand you 
even when you're in pain, and even when you're going through trials, I don't always, I can't always empathize with you because I haven't felt what you're going through. And so I'm like, button up, buttercup, let's go. Get over it and let's move on. Come on now, you little pansy. Come on, don't y'all look at me like that because some of y'all some of y'all thinking the same thing about some of the people you know their, their story inside this body and, and what's derailing them and hurting them. You're just like, come on, really? With what I've been through, you're really struggling like because your cat didn't mind? Come on. But the good news is this. We have a high priest that understands that's why I'm pointing you to him. And last, not only does he represent us and, and God, and not only does he feel us, and this one's the one I don't think we get and don't understand enough and don't appreciate enough, and that is this. He prays for us. Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of our need. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 23 through 25. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he lives. Y'all missed it. And I left out a word. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Oh, we missed it because we just don't understand. We don't understand frankincense. He always lives. That is a, sta that is a statement about his condition. He's always alive. He's never going to die again, right? But that is also a statement about his role. He always lives to intercede. He always lives to intercede. He lives to intercede. Okay, y'all still not getting it. So let me read it out of Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 34. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is, is. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us okay could it be that during Christmas we underestimate Jesus's prayer life <laughs> we are so concerned about getting such and such preacher and such and such prophet to pray over us that we overlook and walk past the fact that we have a high priest that is always while the preacher's asleep and while the preacher's distracted and while the preacher's watching football we all he is always interceding while the prophet has no word while the prophet has no uh, say so while the prophet is eating breakfast while the prophet is taking his kids to school he is always interceding for us he's constantly praying for us he's living on purpose he's praying for us and, and so this morning i just want to remind you that uh 
uh, Romans 8, chapter 34, which, or chapter 8, verse 34, which says that he's always interceding, sitting at the right hand, interceding for us. That precedes the passage of Scripture that we so love to quote, which is this. What then shall separate us from his love? And then we like, we like the list, angels and demons and death and life and famine and cars breaking down and kids acting the fool. What, what then, it doesn't say all that, but, but that's my interpretation. That's the different interpretation. But what then shall separate us? We love that passage because we know the answer. Nothing. All right, but we've missed it. Could it be that Jesus' ability to keep us from being separated from God is linked to Jesus' ability to pray. Okay, so, so, so we like the fact that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, but we have overlooked the fact that Jesus' ability to keep all that stuff from separating us is the fact that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And, 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 and not only is he seated there, while he's sitting there, his head is down and he's praying, God, I pray. Father, please, would, right now, I see Tari's going through a tough time. God, could you intervene on his behalf right now? I know everybody else in his life is asleep. I, nobody, I know nobody else knows what he's going through because he's keeping it to himself and he's trying to, to man up and to keep a stiff upper lip and, and all that. But God, I know, I know his heart. And so Jesus, Jesus is sitting here praying constantly saying he needs help. God, I, 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 know, I know right now that Miss Barb is, is, is under the gun and she needs some help. And, and so could right now, could you just, could God, Father, would you please on her behalf, I'm asking you on her behalf, would you, would you please, would you please step in? Jason, I just had a thought. Jason, Jason, Jason's going through it, God. Could you, right now, I see him down there. He's struggling. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Could you please, as, as my father, with his, his mind, so would you step, could you step in right right now? Could, 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 can yell struggling in school right now and I, people are picking on him. But Father, I, I'm asking you send angels. Could you send angels to protect him? Put angels all around him and, and let him ride. Dennis is going through a rough season right now and this is not a Christmas that he's enjoying. But Father, I'm asking you, could you... And Jesus is constantly over and over and over, constantly praying, 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 praying. Let me let me just blow your mind. Uh, 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 let me just blow your mind. Let me calm the chaos of your life. Let me, let me just deliver you from depression this morning. Let me let me just free you from your fear this morning. Are you ready? All right. I let buckle up because this is this is a truth we can't hardly handle. We just don't know how to comprehend this. Here it is. I'm going to mess up your whole world right now. Jesus prays for you. You have the Son of God Himself. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. He is on task. He's not distracted. His phone's not interrupting Him. It's not binging in the middle of the night. While you're sound asleep, Jesus sits there and prays for you. He prays for you. He presents your needs. He presents your petitions. He presents your pain. He presents the cares of your life. 
Why? Because he's the high priest. The wise man approaches Jesus as king and offers him gold. The second wise man comes in and says, listen, every king you've ever known couldn't approach God like the priest can. But I am breaking down the barriers. I'm ripping down the veil. I, 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 come on now, y'all. Y'all know the story. I, I, I'm, I'm shattering the dividing line and I'm laying frankincense, this incense that you use for anointing, this incense that you use in temple worship, and I'm laying it at the feet of the great high priest and so I can approach him as king. But I can also approach him as high priest. I want to challenge you this morning during the season of Christmas. If you haven't approached him as king, you need to. You need to make him the king, the ruler, the anointed one, the reigning one, the authoritative one in your life. You need to place him on the throne of your life. But if you've taken that step already, then I need you to take another step. And I need you to understand that he's more than king. He's priest. He represents the Father to you. He represents you to the Father. He feels you. Don't you ever feel like, I felt this way this week. God, you don't understand. You don't understand what's going on. He feels us. He knows us. And he prays for us. Kim, would you come? I want you to do this this morning with me. If you need prayer, if you're in this house this morning and you need prayer, If something's going on in your life, sickness, lack, pain, discouragement, confusion, uneasiness, uncertainty, lack of direction, what we would normally do is this. I'd call for my prayer team to come and pray for you. And I'm thankful for their prayers. But I'm telling you, their prayers pale in comparison to the one that sits right at his right hand and says, Daddy, look, I've got a child that's hurt and I need you to come through. If you're here this morning and you would need Jesus to pray for you, that's, that's, that's this call right now. This is not a call for some preacher to pray for you. That's not some call for somebody else to pray for you and while they're praying for you they're thinking about what they're getting for lunch what well, y'all's mind don't work that way my mind works that way I get distracted like squirrel can I tell you that hurts in my life absolute squirrel Jesus is fixated oh y'all missed it Jesus is fixated on praying for you. He longs. That's all he He always lives to make intercession for us. Will you stand with me this morning? If you need prayer this morning, we're going to do it this way. As they sing and play softly, I'm asking you to approach him as the high priest. If you need prayer this morning, I'm asking you, I'm telling you, the altars are open. We'll give you, we're just going to take a few moments. We're not going to get in a hurry. We're not going to linger long just to be lingering long. But if you need special prayer this morning, he's here. And I'm not promising you anybody's going to come lay hands on you that's in this room. But I can say without a doubt, 
that I know somebody that's going to be praying for you. In fact, he's already been praying for you all morning long. So what are you dealing with? What are you going through? Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that we would be mindful of the fact that we can approach your throne for help because we have a high priest that's on duty, that has been on duty and continues to stay alert and fixated on us and our needs. And I pray today that as we approach you as high priest, that you would offer the help and the grace and the healing that we need in Jesus' name. If you need special prayer, would you come and find a place to pray for the next few moments? And while you're It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.